Canonicast, where thoughts matter and judgments don't. Thank you all for being a part of tonight's episode. And tonight, what we're looking to discuss is Sustainable Development Goals, also known as SDGs. I'll be giving you a short brief on the same. So basically, Sustainable Development Goals, or the Global Goals, were adopted by all United Nations members in 2015 as a universal call to action to end poverty, protect the planet, and ensure that all people enjoy peace and prosperity by 2030. By definition, sustainable development is development that meets the needs of the present without compromising those of the future. It begins with the respect for the future generation as an important stakeholder. Over the next 15 years, youth will not only directly experience the outcome of SDGs and plans, but will also be the key driver for their successful implementation. If we fail to realize the potential of the current generation, the entire society loses out greatly. Young people today can create a dynamic force of political change and social transformation if only they are included in decision-making processes. In this episode, we explore all the different ways in which we can engage the youth in this endeavor for a qualitative future and the significance of their participation. So I would like to bring the question on board as to what does everybody think is the relevance of SDGs today? I think uh, before we start discussing the ways in which the youth as well as other generations can contribute to the sustainable development goals, I think we need to understand the goals better. Now there are 17 goals that we aim to achieve by 2030 and all of these goals are difficult to attain. Obviously not impossible but really difficult to attain. Now, when you break down every goal and look at it closely, every goal requires a different strategy, a different policy, a different tactic and different efforts to make it work. So given the current scenario with the pandemic taking over, I think the social economic balance has been disturbed and it might affect us negatively to, you know, work towards these sustainable development goals. If you look down the line, I think for the next five to six years. Now, having said that, I think at this point, it is really difficult to achieve all our goals by the next 10 years. But I think it is really essential and imperative for all of us to take an effort towards them and try to bring a change because efforts are the things that matter. Like, even if we work towards them, it's, it's actually going to create a great impact in a good direction. Now, moving on to the sustainable development goals part, I think uh, I'd like to take up the set of goals which are kind of interlinked. First four goals that I want to discuss would be uh, no poverty, zero hunger, good health and well-being, and quality education. Now, when you look at these four goals, I think they are interlinked quite, the relation is quite you know, in-depth and it's quite related to each other. Now, as every problem has a root cause, I think the root cause for all these come down to the same thing. Now, when you look at underdeveloping countries or developing countries for that matter, they are the ones that rank highest on the global hunger index or illiteracy rate or the poverty listing, anything that we look at. Whereas the European countries and other countries are a little better or are better than the rest of the world. So now when we look at this and when we compare the youth and expect them to work towards this direction. Now, the youth can't be cutting checks and providing special favors to the needy because not all of us are economically sound. And as we know that hunger and malnutrition are the manifestation of poverty. So I think the youth can only help in two plans that I can suggest. So one would be a short-term plan, which is like short-term relief to all these issues that I just talked about, being it education, being it hunger, being it poverty where they can work with different programs and different groups. If it's hunger, like World Food Program, Pay to Her, Feed for India, and whatnot. 
and the second i think which we can talk about is the long term investment goal when you, when you need to invest your time your effort and it 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 takes a lot of effort in this one what 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 you're talking about here is teaching them educating them from the basic level and when i say education i just don't refer to textbooks i refer to saving financial advices entrepreneurship skills basically giving them real time skills in india or in any developing or underdeveloped country population is so great that the quality of education or anything that we look at it's not evenly distributed so i think it's very essential for us to teach them about the basic things that help them sustain throughout so i think by education i mean helping them being able so i think these are the two ways in which we can help the needy when i talk about these four sets of goals according to me that's what i wanted to talk about right now i think that makes a lot of sense considering one point that you added was about education which is not in just the formal sense but in a more holistic and all round development sort of a way and i think that definitely will bring about change which is far more visible than just textbooks does anybody else have anything to add to this yeah sure i do so i think a lot of this is going to and i completely agree with my fellow panelists here on the goals that she spoke about but i think a lot of this is going to come down to how we conduct business and the nature of business that we do over the next 10 years now i don't really agree where it says that we can't help in terms of our monetary value because the youth today are going to make the entrepreneurs of the future and there's this whole new category that has come up even in the investing world known as sris which is socially responsible investing and where it does exactly this i mean you invest in companies that not only give you financial benefits but also look for benefits that might be good for nature or be good socially to people and i think that's one very big step towards where the world might be heading it's not just that the mentality needs to change right a lot of studies have shown today that businesses that associate themselves with a social cause see a greater rise in sales because we are no longer willing to be the money that buys a pair of clothes we want to be the money that buys a pair of clothes for ourselves as well as the other person that might maybe not have the you know resources to buy that pair of clothes so i think that's where we can help connecting our businesses to social issues that are very relevant and it make see india as a country sees of massive spurts in startups every single year over year we have startups coming out left right and center now imagine if every startup associated with a social cause and not just companies that were and had to and mandatorily had to take a csr initiative we do really well on the business front because one of course it drives up sales for good good for capitalism and good for sustainability because that cause is being taken care of so i think that's one very important thing that we need to consider the nature of how we do our business i think the nature of business is uh, again something that we don't talk about enough and as you said very imperative to look at how we function and how that has an impact on um, everything else around us now a question that i would probably like to bring to the table is that speaking of youth has maybe become like a cliche or even a fashion in the sense that people constantly say that do not forget to include the youth and include some young person for representation and we must talk about the importance of youth in uh, application of the sdgs which doesn't go on to say that the youth is not really important in the process 
However, a lot of people are of the belief that the problems lie in those scenarios where it does not go beyond saying a slogan or protesting on the streets, which a lot of people feel like is the only thing that the youth is capable of doing. Are there any thoughts on this? I mean, that's relevant, I guess. There is that cliche. But actually, to be honest, it's not, I obviously completely disagree with the part where people think that that's all the youth are good for. But um, I do agree with the fact that a lot of what we're doing just doesn't make sense, right? Because it's not, I mean, of course it raises awareness, it's good. But to an extent, we can't continue doing that because the long-term benefits of that is not nice. I mean, it, it doesn't do much. Showing a poster might do well for the first two or three hours that you're doing it. The stay of that sort of awareness is, isn't something that I think is leaves a very lasting impact. So I think while that is good for people, see, everyone has to do things in their own small part and you don't know where someone is coming from. So that might be the best that they can do. But I think people really need to focus on lasting impact. A lot of things that we do ends up being dumb money, right? You want to do some sort of charity, you give away money, you forget about it, you take the receipt, you claim the tax, you're done. But that's not it. I think I would be much more inclined to putting my money and my thoughts to somewhere where we're trying to find solutions that are more long-term in nature. Like the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation is doing brilliant things through research. They might not be doing things that can just presently affect things, but they're trying to find a very long-lasting solution. And I think that's important. If we want to end poverty, the answer isn't to buy a thousand kgs of food and go distribute it because that food is just going to last for a couple of days. What do you do on the third day? And so I think that's one issue. The other issue is that sometimes I think we may be underplaying a situation. I'll give you an example. A very popular company which sells food, you know, what they did is one particular day they went to an NGO and they distributed these paneer rules sort of things to all the kids and it was a great moment the kids were very happy but um, I was very happy to know that they did this but the next thought that came to my mind is what happens the next day when that same child has to go back to eating the same food that that child was eating which probably wasn't enough probably wasn't tasty and maybe not as nourishing and they crave for the food that they had yesterday what do you do about that that role might have just created another problem instead of solving a long-lasting. So I think that is a very important question that we should discuss. Uh, I totally agree with my fellow panelists. And as he mentioned an incident, even I can think of one. I think uh, there was this time when I went for this beach clean drive. And in that beach clean drive, there were three different organizations or NGOs that were cleaning the same patch of the beach every weekend. So if you go to Silver Beach, it's very clean for morning walks and everything. But if you actually go beyond that, the whole beach is so dirty and it's really bad and it's really untidy. So it all again comes back to the point that are we actually creating any impact? Like are people actually doing it for the sake of doing it or they're actually doing it for the cause or for actually creating an impact? That becomes a very big question. And other than that, I think since we uh, actually uh, mentioned youngsters, I think the problem with our generation is that instead of understanding the essence of something, we first try to find faults in it. So I just just like to sort an example. So if it's minimalistic living, okay. So uh, I know I've, I've known people who've been following it for a while. And every time they say that they follow it, someone would go and mock them like, uh, oh, you own more than one pair of socks. Oh, you're wearing wearing another t-shirt now. 
So according to people, if you own more than four T-shirts or shirts, you're not living minimalism. Although the person claims to be minimizing all his needs, they wouldn't believe it. Now, first of all, we do not try and understand the essence of what's happening and do not understand the importance of it. And then we just question it unreasonably. We do not even think if it makes sense. The same thing comes down to the sustainable living aspect as well. Now, every time I try and tell my friend that I'm trying to live sustainably, they'll just go like, "Arey, kaldi to tu plastic ki bottle leke ghumdi thi." Now, that's not what we, you know, refer when we mention sustainable living. We do not refer to plastic or you know, carrying plastic bottles as or steel bottles for that matter as sustainable living. What's the definition of it? Well, everyone is going to do their part. They're going to try and live to the, you know, their best extent of what they believe in. So I think if we become more understanding of others' concepts and encourage them to do so, it becomes, you know, it'll be really helping and it'll become a ladder that we're climbing instead of pulling each other down. Now, since we've brought up plastic, there's one more point that comes to my mind. Now, every time we refer to plastic, everyone goes like, "Are you plastic use? Are you not sustainable?" Now, first, let's you know state the fact and understand the fact that plastic is good. Plastic is not bad. If we stop using plastic, we'll start using paper, which is actually not sustainable. If we look at plastic, it's the best alternative out there. But if we do not recycle it, if we do not reuse it, then it's a problem. The way we discard it is a problem. It's not that us using plastic or us using different things makes us non-sustainable or not supporting the goals or not supporting the uh, cause for that matter i think so i think it really comes down to the fact that people have a lot of preconceived notions and other than that they're not understanding everything they want is either black or white if you are living uh, sustainably uh, you give away all your clothes you just wear one set of clothes you only wear organic clothing that's not about it we do not need handful of people living perfectly you know perfect being perfectly sustainable we need a lot of people out there trying to be their imperfect selves trying this concept and trying to bring a change is what i feel i'd like to add on to this you mentioned about embracing the imperfect way of sustainable living or being like imperfectly minimalist i totally agree to that and i also feel that the youth sometimes get caught up in these labels that okay if you have to be a certain way like adhere to say veganism or minimalist living or sustainable living for that matter uh, you have to do xyz things but uh, what we don't realize is that every person every individual has a different thought process and uh, way of living and there is no right or wrong way of doing things like of course like there are certain things which you can't do which are more sustainable for the environment but i'd like to share one philosophy here which is called shades of green which says that every person is sustainable but uh, the degree to which you are sustainable depends on your shade of green which is dark green being the least sustainable and light green like the lightest shade of green being the most sustainable so i would say every person is trying to move towards that light green shade of sustainable living uh, and everyone is kind of imperfect in their own way so we have to accept everyone and move forward rather than creating claims that okay if you are vegan you have to do like be 100% vegan because i feel like that 100% perfection doesn't exist at all because we are all humans and uh, everyone has their own flaws and setbacks or uh, reasons for not living up to that so we just have to embrace the good and bad in each one and move forward with it they rightly said about uh, i think creating spaces wherein people are allowed to like grow through the process i think sustainable living is a very uh, 
it's a process in itself it's a long term process but it's not as far fetched a living as social media appears it to be and uh, again with the kind of preconceived notions that are set about the entire thing i could i think people shy away from uh, either trying to adopt these lifestyles or probably claiming it out in the open i think we all know about the list of the goals that are set in place but i would like to ask everybody i'm sure there's one or two certain goals that everybody feels passionately about something that's personal to them would anybody like to talk about this i think quality education is something which i'm really obsessed with and passionate about and for person who goes to the traditional education system there is like a conditioned mindset that this is your consumption pattern this is your way of living this is like you have to earn a certain amount of money and then that's accept- acceptable in the society but uh, what i would i also like to share is that by taking trails or pathways which are uh, not ordinary or sometimes unique or sometimes which uh, people think like especially in the millennial world it's said the road not taken i would say go and jump and take take those roads because uh, you might come across your own way of living and which will be more sustainable which can be more meaningful to you so i would say quality education is definitely one of the uh, things which i'm passionate about i feel we have to work on education of the heart more than education of the mind and hands so that we can come for for having an ecosystem like having our outer world in a way which is working from the heart rather than having that competitive world in which we are like a world of collaboration and coexistence i think that comes from education of the heart so like quality education with education of the heart is something which i totally believe in and try to practice i actually agree with him on a very large scale but the one sdg that i support the most is industry innovation and infrastructure according to me that is going to shape the crux of everything that happens over the next 10 years it's going to change i mean i don't know why it shows up this far down the line in terms of goals because i think that is one of the most important goals that there are to achieve and i think that without innovation there is no way that we will achieve a no hunger no poverty sort of policy because there has to be that sort of constant innovation factor in it and that is something that the youth will excel at the challenge that i think exists that no one is talking about isn't these 17 goals are achieving them i think the biggest challenge that we're going to face is how do we relearn and unlearn some of the things that are required i think these two will be the most difficult things to do yes we're talking about the youth here but there's some place where the youth misses out and that is learning from the older generation and that more importantly learning patience right i think technology did a lot of good for us while doing a lot of bad to us and i can give you a very easy example in terms of how we invest in our future nowadays everything happens at a single click back then you'd have to fill out a paper slip if you had to invest in a very simple example if you took a stock and then you'd have to go to the exchange get the trade done and it took a whole lot of while so i often say this that the best investors are dead because those were our grandparents because what they do is they'd fill that slip and then they forget about it because they were probably too lazy to go to the exchange and there was no technology and they'd pass away and 30 years later you'd realize that granddad had put 10000 rupees into that particular stock which is worth 20 25 lakh rupees now and i think that's what we need 
we need the sort of patience that comes with it we need to unlearn the fact that we probably don't need to continuously give our input sometimes working on the back end is far more important than working on the front end like i said the story before instead of giving a role focus on making a machine that can make rolls for 10 bucks and install it at that place and while you solve that hunger issue too so i think infrastructure innovation and how we use technology sustainably is going to be according to me the greatest and should be the most achieved sustainable development goal and the most focused one for the next 10 years i think i uh, agree to uh, his point made but let's look at the facts over here now why would we have the goal 8 and 9 in the sustainable development goal there's no point because there are so many other sustainable development goals which are completely contradictory to the goal 8 and 9 now goal 8 states that 7% annual gdp growth is required by 2030 in least developed countries now at the same time we wish that we want to increase maximum of 2 degrees celsius by 2030 which is completely contradictory now the leaders want us to endeavor to decouple growth from environmental degradation which is completely vague and illogical according to me and the solution to uh, reduce poverty is growth now the gdp growth from 1999 to 2008 had almost a good uh, time when we see the commerce but the poorest 60% got only 5% of the gdp at this rate if we went on then 207 years would be uh, required to remove poverty from the world and for that we have to increase our economy by 175 times so i completely uh, disagree and i think goal 8 and 9 shouldn't be there on uh, sustainable development goals i definitely so, agree i'm sorry go ahead good 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 oh, so i'm just saying i definitely agree with whatever you said because now even if you look at what happened this year if you look at the amazon forest fire and then the president prime minister I'm sorry I'm not very good with all this politics uh so they try to justify it by saying that they're clearing land for dairy right and the land was being cleared for dairy at the cost of environment at the cost of again when you talk about reducing 2 degrees celsius or, or not letting the increase in temperature happening and then there are forest fires for the economic growth the two points that are very contradictory now obviously humans have always been like this something comes at a price now economic growth is coming at a price of our environment or it is actually going against the sustainable development goals itself so i definitely agree with whatever my fellow panelists just mentioned but other than that i think there are a lot of important points that we cannot let go of now when we talk about zero hunger clean water sanitization now when there are no lives what are we going to do with that technology technology use kon karega agar koi zinda hi nahi bacha so i think it's really important for all of us to focus on these now if you're looking at yemen right now there are 15.9 million people who wake up hungry every day and india itself is at 102 the position in the global hunger index is 102 and other than that nepal sri lanka bangladesh myanmar pakistan all they lie in the serious hunger category which means that the hunger ratio the hunger index is so high that sometimes the country might even collapse now when you're thinking of this aspect what are you going to do if you invest in technology if you invest in economy when there are no people alive what what do we want to achieve so i think zero hunger is really important second comes clean water and sanitization countries in asia and africa have been experiencing different types of flus different types of viruses different types of diseases just because of the lack of sanitation and lack of clean water if you look at videos that are floating the social media 
that there one there like millions of people running behind one water tank that is the actual situation just because i think we are coming from a place where we have all these basic amenities we definitely think that technology is needed and i agree with all the points that the country cannot grow without technology but what about the other people what about everyone who who are not yet at our position to think about things that are beyond food water basic sanitation or you know they're just looking for we look forward to technology they're just looking forward to have a healthy or they're just looking forward to stay alive for the next 5 years of their lives so i think this is the other goals are really more important than economy or technology for that matter because i think if we are looking at it from a united nation organization perspective or an organization that is looking after all these or they have that has so many which is a parent change for companies that are working on humanitarian grounds and things that are for social benefit i think the other aspects of the sustainable development goals definitely make more sense and they definitely matter more this is my point of view of course but i definitely agree technology and economy is important but when every again it comes to capitalism socialist and everything but i think the basic amenities of food clean water and sanitation everyone deserves it so i think the most important goals at this point is to focus on them i think we shouldn't have a like a right or wrong philosophy like i mentioned earlier that this is a try to look at it as a whole system uh, i think every sustainable development goal is important for that matter because it's sustainable development had it been like just sustainable goals i mean the points which you mentioned about uh, hunger and like education being on greater grounds rather than like innovation and development would be right but since it's sustainable development goals i think it makes sense to have an inclusive outlook to the whole scenario and also one thing which i like to share with everyone here is why do we get into thinking that this is right this is wrong i think if we zoom out a bit and look at the bigger perspective where we are looking at the 17 goals which are all interrelated to each other which are all like interdependent on each other like everything in nature so if we look at it from that perspective then it starts to make sense in a bigger picture like a broader bigger setting or a bigger system so i would think that development is important but at the same time we can't like just let it go out of the picture that okay this is not what we are looking at uh, maybe have a third person's point of view that this is right this is wrong maybe if we can look at it from a third person's point of view and see the bigger picture it would make more sense to like have the sustainable development goals in place because uh, from the like the previous two conversations which we had uh, i think like if you just say that if we remove development from the picture then it becomes like then sustainable development becomes an oxymoron which is like okay there's nothing like sustainable development it's either regenerative culture and like only working for the environment or only working for like development so then the middle ground doesn't exist so i would like to share that we can maybe look at it from a third person's point of view and at the same time look at the interrelations between each goal like i think seven all the 17 goals are interrelated to each other it's like if we just focus on one aspect of the goal like say that these two goals are not important i think we are removing like in the bigger circle uh, we are removing one aspect of it which doesn't work because everything is interrelated to everything else so that is something which i would like to share that i mean have a bigger picture perspective and also like kind of not have the judgment that okay this is right this is wrong but have like a third person's point of view at looking things so oh, i definitely agree with whatever you said and uh, now obviously i didn't mean to say that one goal is better than others but definitely 
uh, as there's a personal perspective, obviously. So I think according to my personal preference, I've always looked at some goals important to uh, than others. But when we look at it from a third person perspective, or when we look at the larger picture, obviously all of these are interlinked. And obviously these are the blueprint to achieve a better and sustainable future. So obviously when we look at it, we cannot have a country with poverty and no technology. Every aspect is very important. And I definitely understand and I definitely relate to whatever you're saying, but every person has a goal that they would like to contribute to more. And that's the reason I was just trying to justify why I prefer one kind of goal more than other. And that's just, but I definitely agree with all the things that you said and how everything is interlinked, interconnected and interlinked and how we should work on it as a whole. I think that only makes sense because the goals that are set in place, as we said, are called universal goals. However, the problems and the kind of people they're looking to reach and impact aren't standardized individuals. They are individuals across the world with problems ranging. And I think when we say that one goal is better than the other, obviously, I think it's a little far-fetched because each one of these 17 goals is imperative and very significant to uh, the kind of future that we envision. However, um, I think I get the point when you talk about how hunger is, uh, let's say, on our priority, probably as a time-sensitive thing, maybe uh, over the other goals. So that is something I would probably understand. Now, coming back to um, what we are looking to discuss today, primarily, which is the relevance of youth in terms of contributing to SDGs. Do you think as a panel, we collectively could probably add on to how there are very simple and uh, regular choices that we can make on a daily basis to contribute to a sustainable lifestyle altogether. I think so, like having practiced sustainable living for quite some time and uh, speaking from a perspective that I have personally experienced, I feel like the number one point of activism which you can work on as a youth is work on yourself, which is uh, maybe work on your own healing and uh, work on your own spiritual being i think like once you've done that once the inner changes have happened that that's when you can actually go out and make changes in the real world you can use different tools and techniques to make that inner change it can be outside in the, in the outside world as well but uh, i feel like working on your own frequency uh, or, or your own internal well-being is one of the key aspects towards making changes which are in the outside world uh, be it for any of the 17 causes. Spiritual well-being is like on top priority personally, I feel. That puts everything else in place for a youth. Like uh, if you look at four planes of existence, which is spiritual, mental, physical and emotional, I think I would place spiritual well-being at the top and that's how the other three planes also fall in place. And once you're like content and like you're internally sorted, I would say, then... Uh, you can go out and make changes in the outside world with more ease and you were able to face the challenges with more uh, acceptance and like grace. So I would say work on your spiritual well-being and work on your own internal self before trying to go out and change the world. Like, like be the change that you want to see in the world, but start with yourself. Um, I completely agree with my fellow panelists. Um, one thing that I would like to add is we need to be more of collaborators than of competitors. And being youth, we I think we should focus more. So when we are focusing on gender equality or quality education or anything of that sort, when we are looking at underprivileged people for that matter and 
giving them a livelihood being a social entrepreneur i've realized that people each one of us has survival skills and these people also do so what we need to do is we need to collaborate and use our skills whatever we have acquired be it in our college or reading books or through our technologies and using this in the right direction like starting small something as basic as teaching basic digitech to your housemates uh making sure that they have bank accounts because that is one step closer to making credit available for them something as basic as we use books notebooks but we have pages left uh, and we we tend to take a new one when we we want to start something new or uh, try to take up a new diary instead give those papers to someone bind it and give it to someone who needs it basically recycle whatever you have and uh, yeah but most most importantly we need to channelize our energy and make sure that we're heading towards the right direction i actually think these are really important points because it just goes on to prove how easy and how simple and it's something that you can inculcate in your daily routine uh, the entire bit about binding your pages and you know helping everybody out in these small bits can go a long way is something i strongly believe in yes i think i completely agree with both of them about everything that they have said one that i think of of course the most important thing is to look within oneself and change our own ideas and practices the second one is to practice these small things and i i really like the part where she said that we should be more collaborative in nature than competitive in some instances and of course if every single and we proved it with this panel already everyone is passionate about this one goal amongst that list of 17 and that's probably just the five or six of us that are talking imagine if the entire populace every single individual aligned and took care of that one goal that they were passionate about and try to make strides in that one goal i mean it doesn't have to be that we try to of course they're interrelated but it doesn't have to mean that we try to you know work towards every single one of them if you're more passionate about ending poverty work towards that more passionate about ending hunger work towards that and in that space to collaborate with like minded people to collaborate with people that understand better and then to come up with solutions would be incredible since the youth today likes to network right we like stepping out of our zone we like meeting new people we like meeting people with the same ideas as we do i think it will work very well in terms of connecting us forming the sense of unity and it can do a lot of things beyond what these goals mention you know it can do a lot of hopefully ideally it can you know end places where there's a lot of disconnect i mean we can get unified on the basis of ideas and not diverge on the basis of religion and all the other tags that exist in the world and the ideal world is a world where people are unified by idea and that will help in a lot of ways there'll be constructive arguments there'll be constructive debate and i think that's the end goal i don't think we need to limit only ourselves only to these 17 goals there's also the idea of working towards these 17 goals and a lot of other things will fall into place if we do it right of course doing it right is difficult because like someone said we most likely won't be able to achieve all of these at the end of 10 years but any progress is good progress according to me i mean you take one stride forward it's good but we'll have still set a foundation for the future that is to come and hopefully we have more than a decade to live
So I think we still will have some place for ourselves to contribute as well. So I think that's a great thought that everyone's put forth. Uh, yeah, hopefully more than just a decade to live for sure. Uh, and um, I think that makes a lot of sense. The entire collaborative instead of competitive approach to this is, I think, the only way to go about this really. Um, there's one thing that I would like to add. So like I said that we need to be more collaborative than competitive in nature. Uh, with this, I also mean that, uh, let's just say, I am pursuing business management and one of my friends is pursuing engineering uh, and we are helping someone build a social enterprise or a business. Uh, they have their particular skills. We have our skills. Why not use it for the greater good? Let's just say my friend is an engineer. He can use his skills to build a database management system or teach, uh, teach these underprivileged women or people the basic digital skills to operate. Some, we need them to, so what I have experienced personally is that these people are very, they're very curious, but they don't get people who are very patient to help them get through their problems. Something as basic as they know which masala a particular thing is only by looking at the picture. But if we teach them basics of English, or uh, I think that will be more helpful. And like if I am... I'm pursuing business management. I can probably help whatever I've learned in my marketing and finance to help them set up their business, fund their business. And then like each one of us basically uh, has a selfless side. And I think that is uh, what we can use for the greater good. Absolutely. I think um, something, I think the reason we're discussing this today is because there is, I think, one part of the population that totally thinks of millennials as people who just talk instead of, you know, actually do the ground route, you know, help and uh, carry these tasks out forward in a matter that make long lasting effects, as somebody just mentioned. And there's one part of the picture and one part of the population that strongly believes in the youth and the kind of vision and passion they have for saving the world. I personally believe that um, the fact that the youth today and the generation today is so easy and so out there in holding people accountable and calling people out is, I think it's an asset and a quality that is going to only help us um, carry forward the entire mission. I would just like to find out what are qualities that you think the youth encapsulates today to be able to, you know, fast forward the process. I think the youth is very curious these days because when I go back to my school days, when I go to go back to my base level, the maximum, the gist of the sustainable development goals was just limited to my value education books or environmental science books, or that to one or two chapters. And that's not something that we ever took seriously. Even the school didn't take it seriously because those were graded subjects. So we were never actually taught to, you know, respect these things or, you know, actually understand the value of all these goals and work towards it. All we were taught was chemistry, math, and how we can, you know, build a, uh, grow up to become engineers or doctors or whatever, any other profession, then looking at the actual problem. I think as a society, all of us, like the society is built in such a way that we believe in shielding our younger generations, which was done with us. I think uh, the reason why we actually have the capability or people have faith in us or we have the vision is because I think the irrespective of the non-exposure to things we have been very curious and we have been working towards things that we actually believe in there's so many things that my parents would not agree with if i i want to be on social entrepreneurship or i want to have a social startup 
I don't think my parents are ever going to agree with, but I am someone who's looking forward to it. My parents would never help me understand that. Would never want me to do that. I just by this, I just want to emphasize on the point how we were raised and how we how the focus was shifted from actual things that have a great impact on lives uh, around us to things that only help us in a selfish way. I think this generation. a most majority of us realize that even if we're not selfless i think we realize that we need to stop or we realize the need of these sustainable development goals we have uh, kids like greta thunberg over there we have people in india i i read this article about a kid who planted 5000 trees now there's so many kids there's so many younger generations are understanding the importance of this so i think the reason why the youth is they look up to the youth is because of our vision our curiosity and the self i wouldn't call us selfless but you know the uh, you know motivation or the fact that we understand that there's there is a change needed and we want to work towards it even if it comes with extra effort i won't say that all of us are looking forward to just devote our lives to these sustainable development goals you know we we have our own personal goals as well but even realizing that these things are important and that we want to work towards them is a quality and i think that's the reason why everyone expects this from us and even we as a panel are here discussing it today because we realize the importance of it and we want to work on it in our own different ways be it any sustainable development goal be it gender equality be it poverty be it forming of peaceful institutions anything anything that we believe in we stand for it and we work for it i think that's the quality of the youth that people admire I think that's so true most importantly because I feel like the notion of um, social change has also evolved in such a widespread manner over the last decade I think social change doesn't necessarily mean today of you know wearing a cape and trying to change the world in one night I think it's about understanding how I think the level I think the word that you used was the kind of empathy that we have even if we're not entirely selfless i think i definitely see like a wave of empathy going on around me and it's okay for people to realize that if it's absolutely all right if they don't go around changing the world in you know a short span it's okay if you just try to understand how small actions of yours have far reaching consequences on your immediate environment if that's something that you can probably realize and work towards i think that's also uh, a change that is big enough for me personally i think loving yourself first and starting with your immediate friends and family members and then going on to a bigger perspective of the world as your one big family is like giving you a perspective on uh, the macro level and the micro level so i would say loving yourself could be a first step and loving yourself i mean once you love and accept parts of yourself which are which you are not in agreement with or which you find or have guilt or shame or any other emotions attached to then you come into greater acceptance with uh, your immediate family members and like a bigger system so say say if you are working at a startup and uh, if you have some unresolved trauma which is going on in your own personal life i think if you are resolving that part of yourself then you are in greater acceptance of uh, working in a bigger system whether it is a family whether it is an organization or any other bigger system which you can think of so i think like the number one quality which youth can work on is loving and accepting themselves as they are and then building on to that then like the ladder can go on to deeper perspectives he's right 
there's also another trait that I'd like to talk about, which has actually come from something that is considered sort of negative, but might be seen as a silver lining to that negative thing. That is the extreme level of competition that the youth faces, be it in the corporate world or the personal world, wherever. But one very important part about that, one very important trait that came from that is, in today's times, willingly or unwillingly, the youth has been forced to become multidisciplinary in nature. And we've had to develop skills that might not be interrelated. There are a lot of independent skills that we've worked around. And I think that is one trait that will go leaps and bounds in helping us achieve the sustainable development goals. Because, of course, there's a lot of requirement of skills out there. And we have been pushed into an environment where we've had to learn discipline. Your engineers are going ahead and learning corporate skills. The doctors... You see doctors working at investment banks nowadays. There's all sorts of crazy stuff happening. And that is one thing that will really help us go ahead because that's one differentiating factor, I think, that we had from the older generation. Because of a lower level of competition, they could just specialize in one skill and that would be it. But nowadays, we're expected to know far more than that one skill that we specialize in. And I do think that that is a sort of positive for us because it's going to help us be aware of a lot of different situations as well as be able to impact and, you know, to add our own value in situations that don't necessarily involve the field that we call our speciality. So I think our multidisciplinary nature, the multidisciplinary nature of the youth is one trait that is, you know, far is going to outweigh in terms of being a pro. Uh, One Um, thing I'd like to add over here is that I think youth has the power to hold their uh, politicians accountable for whatever they do. Now, the politicians live for our views of them because it, you know, acts like a a currency toward their reputation and public image. Now, the same currency can be turned in when it comes to needing your votes for re-election. Even though they are the ones in power, I think politicians are aware that their future is held in our thoughts and perception of them. If a politician isn't doing the work needed for political change, uh, I think we have to use our own voice to uh, make them understand and make them feel what we feel in a certain way. All right, guys. I think it's safe to say that this has been a fairly insightful experience for all of us. It has for me, certainly. Seeing this level of self-awareness and passion towards specific issues on this panel today gives me so much hope. And I feel like it may take some time, but collectively we'll all get to the future that we envision. Thank you so much for being a part of this. We at Anonicast are really grateful to have you with us and we only look forward to seeing you more. Until then, we're signing off with the promise that our content will always remain unscripted, unknown, uninterrupted. Thank you so much. Uh